Well, hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise and Kim. And if you are regular viewer of our live podcast, you will notice that Louise and I are in separate in <laughs> today. We are here to confuse you. Mixing it up a little today. So we are super glad that we are joined by Sabrina Oso, and we're going to learn all about Sabrina in just a little bit. But like always, we would love to start this episode with celebration. So Louise, Sabrina, what are you celebrating this week? Uh, I'm going to say, you know, we were just talking in the green room right before we came live, and I am actually just, I'm going to celebrate this moment right now. Um been a week of scattered energy and all kinds of ups and downs and roller coasters. And um, I here, here we are, here I am. Um, and I'm just going to celebrate the fact that outside of all of those things, we still get to control, right? Where we are, what we're thinking about. Um, and that um, can be so powerful. Um, so yeah, I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to celebrate right now, this very moment. Mm, I love that, Louise. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I want to thank, uh, well, I want to thank both of you for allowing us to be on this podcast with you. So I want to celebrate that. Any opportunity that we have to speak about uh, uh, what we're doing is is celebratory for us. So, mm. so just allowing us to be on your platform is uh, enough to celebrate. And I will have a glass of Prosecco later on tonight. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. That is celebrating in style. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Um, I am celebrating connections and um, communication this week. I've had an opportunity to um, connect with new people and connect with people that I've been, I haven't talked to in a long time and connect with people that I do talk to all the time. Um, and it's just, it's been an amazing week of connection and communication and I'm celebrating that. And as we were also talking about backstage in the green room, um, I'm celebrating technology that allows me to do that. So as frustrating as technology can be, I am super celebrating, um, being in a space where I literally get to talk to people all around the world and be part of their lives and their work. And, um, they get to share that with me and we get to share it even further. Like we're doing with Sabrina today. So full circle with that. Um, Sabrina, I'm going to share a little bit about what we know about you, and then we're going to have you talk about yourself as well. So Sabrina Oso is founder and CEO of Oso Safe, where you can feel safe where you live, work, and play. She is a TEDx speaker, author, and real estate agent on promoting safety and preventing violence in the workplace, schools, and in places of residence. Sabrina's personal and professional experience with the subject allows her to bring a unique and holistic approach as a solution. She is also a professional dancer and teacher who uses her performance abilities to educate on the subject. Side note, if you head over to her website, ohsosafe.com, and I'll show you the, the website in just a little bit, um, she is phenomenal to watch. Um, you, she has her TEDx out there and other um, videos that really you can see her performance aspect and how accessible she makes this information for a range of ages. Um, also, as a real estate agent, Sabrina is bringing real estate industry with Oso Safe. And so, Sabrina, we are so excited. I know Louise has a question she wants to ask <laughs> right off the bat. 
Well, it just I just love um, understanding more about like, how did you get to where you are? Like, it's such a like a, a performance and and real estate and, and all of those things. Um, that's not a traditional career path by any stretch of the imagination. Um, tell tell us a little bit about what your career journey has been like to, to today to get you here where you are. Sure, sure. Again, thank you so much, Kim and Louise, for having us uh, on your show. Uh, I have, I've had, um, yes, uh, uh, I guess I'm a, uh, I've done multiple things and I continue to do multiple, wear many hats, if you will. Um, but they're all necessary and they're all related. And I use everything that I've learned uh, to just make my business better and to help people more. And to, um, I did not start out dancing when I was two, three, four, five years old. I've had enough therapy. I've been in and out of therapy for quite some time to be comfortable enough to say that I am a survivor of violence. My father beat my mother on a regular basis and my mother would beat me. So I know firsthand how difficult it is how traumatic it is to live in that type of environment so i couldn't even mention dance i couldn't even think about it it was on the back 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 burner so it wasn't until i moved out that i started my life if you will mm -hmm. in a way because when you live in that type of environment you cannot uh be yourself you, you just can't. It's impossible. Um, you're distracted. You're wondering, oh, my gosh, what other traumatic thing am I going to have to handle in the next few minutes, the second, in an hour, in a week, uh, police uh, screaming, yelling, punching, uh, verbal, physical, sexual abuse. I mean, so I couldn't think about dance. So I moved out. I, I, I was in therapy. I moved out. And I did what I was supposed to do. I have a degree in computer science, but I hated it. I, I, I just, I couldn't, no one tells you, you know, you're going to make money, but you're going to, if you don't love it, which I didn't, I mean, you, you're an artist. If you're a performing artist, you're not really a computer person, right? Uh, if you're a dancer, a singer, an actor, you play an instrument, you're not really a computer person other than what you have to do on the computer in order to get you to the auditions, do the performances. So uh, um, so I, I just, uh, I trained in New York heavily. I was taking 12 classes a week. Uh, I was auditioning heavily. I was, I was getting gigs, but, um, I started writing my one woman show called home sweet home question mark. Mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, I wrote choreographed and performed it. And at the time I was teaching dance heavily and I did it with my students actually, which looking back was pretty cool. Uh, not many, many people can do that where you share a stage with the students that you're teaching. And I hope to revive the show um, at some point. Uh, um, but I play different women being abused. She goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back into the terror of violence. But the show ends really strong, really empowering. And I did a lot of research for the show. 
And I could not believe the statistics, uh, Kim and Louise, what I was learning. I, I knew my own pain, but I didn't know how common this was. I, I, I couldn't believe it. So I said to myself, I need to make this into a business, a bona fide business with products and services that will really help people. And I thought back, what did I need? What did I need growing up? Like what would have made a difference? And I have to say, I, I respect the, the and I, as I say in my TEDx talk, I respect the charities and nonprofits that deal with domestic violence. We don't even like to call it domestic violence. We prefer to say home violence because it's more inclusive. People could relate more to the words home violence than domestic violence. Um, and uh, I, I, I said to myself, what did I need? So, so, and we'll talk about it, I'm assuming, during the interview. Uh, we're a business, a bona fide business, a paid service. We have products out there that people, uh, we, to pay for. So that way it actually gets resolved. Because so long as home violence is treated as a, a charity, a nonprofit, it's never going to get better. And it hasn't. I mean, we're in 2023 and we still have <laughs> kids being verbally, physically, sexually abused, women, men, pets. So, uh, so yeah, so I hope I gave a, a synopsis. I'm sorry if I, if I veer, <laughs> but uh, uh, hopefully I answer the question. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like finding the the thing, I think sometimes what right we fall into the shoulds, right? And it's like here's the career I should have. These are the things I should be doing, and we do need to come from a place of grounding where we actually get in touch with those values, um, so that we can show up in a way professionally that feels really aligned with who we are. But you know, like you're saying, like oftentimes that. And, and more often than we care to admit or see is that we don't have an opportunity even to do that um, because of our home environment um, and, and that the suppression of who we really are, right? We, we're just trying to survive, never mind thrive, right? Like we're not talking about values when, you know, we have violence or food insecurities or any of those other things that happen um, way too often. And so, you know, when uh, listening to your story and your career journey, it really is about like finding a, a safe, finding a safe place so that you can get reconnected with who you are and understand like what is that impact and what's that importance. And we all have a gift to give and finding a place to give that gift, right? It, it takes it takes a safe place to do that. Right. Exactly. Did yeah. you, uh, I think you have a book also that, that you wrote um, that, do you want to talk into that a little bit? Yes. Uh, thank you for bringing it up. Um, yes. It's a children's book, uh, Home Baby. Safe Home for You and Me. And I just recently published it. It's, it's uh, my only book. Uh, um, it was about a couple of months ago. And uh, uh, I, I, I've actually been writing it actually for quite some time, but um, I, I got it published and it's about giving children voice. Uh, we at Oso Safe 
uh, the laws, the courts, the judges, the child protective service agencies, I, I could tell you from personal and professional experience, it's horrible. It's just horrible. They make horrible matters even worse. So uh, in we feel at Oso Safe that it needs to be resolved in residency once and for all, because everybody lives somewhere, right? Whether you rent, whether you own, whether you have a mortgage or not, you could be living in a townhouse, a co-op, a condo, a single family home, a multifamily dwelling, a two family home, a villa, a mansion, a mobile home, a dormitory, a senior community. I think I covered it all. (laughs) Good job. I, I want to, and I say it in my TEDx talk too. So, um, so that way I include everybody. So, no matter where you live, you need to be safe. For crying out loud, you need to be safe. There needs to be no verbal physical abuse, no verbal physical or sexual abuse whatsoever. I mean, we're not barbarians, savages, beasts. We're supposed to be human. So, uh, and. I could tell you as a child of, of witnessing violence and having it done to her, it's horrible. So, and children suffer the most, they suffer the most. So um, this book empowers children and gives them a voice and we give them choice. And we don't wait in an also safe certified property. And we could talk about that later. We're saying, look, Mr. and Miss landlord, property owner, property manager, hire us. We'll get your property also safe certified. And it entail entails combining education and technology to make the property also safe certified. And part of that is empowering children to have a voice. Do you feel safe with mommy and daddy? Now, granted, they could lie. We know that they could lie. We They could say, yeah, 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 I'm safe with mom and dad. But rest assured, it doesn't take long for an abusive parent, an abusive family member, an abusive step parent to show their true abusive colors. I mean, they could put their poker face on for about a month a couple of weeks, a couple of days. Sometimes it only takes a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. And that child, we ask that child again, who do you feel safe with? And, And the book kind of breaks the, it breaks the ice. We do this in the seminar right at the beginning of residency. And they could be, they'll say, they're free to say, do you feel safe with aunt, uncle, grandparent, or close family friend? So we unite them to, we, we bring them together. They need to be safe, not wait until they're 18 years old. Children know, and we go over it in the book. Children know who make them feel safe. We're not saying put them to work. We're not saying put them behind a car. They know who makes them feel safe at a year old, two years old, three years old. Why wait? So and and we we encourage children we explain uh don't go home stay at school we don't say that in the book uh quite yet uh like the book is more about saying your cheer i want to live where i am also safe and i am also safe with you fill in the blank and we explain If you're safe at home, there's respect. If you're not safe at home, there's disrespect. And it's not your fault. And you're not alone. And you didn't do anything wrong. 
So I say all of these aspects in the book to kind of give them a voice that they have choice and that if they're not ready to say, that's okay. Um, if you're not ready today to say who you feel safe with, that's okay. Wherever you're at, um, it's okay to not say anything. You could lie. You could say, yes, I'm safe with mommy and daddy, but I know as a child of violence, uh, you want to say it. Mm -hmm. So the book kind of creates that safe space. Okay. Maybe you don't want to say it today, but maybe you'll say it in a week. Maybe you'll say it in a couple of months. And I've been getting so much positive feedback from schools, from teachers, from therapists, from children. But I, I knew I, I did it right when children are getting, are, are giving me a positive response. In fact, um, one of my nieces, well, my niece's best friend, she got it, my book, into her school library. And uh, the librarian said, like she had to vet the book, obviously. she. I was told she brought it home. She's going through a divorce and she read it to her children. And she told my niece's best friend, by the time you get back from Christmas break, holiday break, this, the book will be in the library. And sure enough, it's there. They created a new um, category of child safety, home safety for children. So it, it just... Uh, I'm gonna start crying. I, I, that's what I wanted. Like that affirmation, you know. Um, like, am I doing it right? I don't know. Let, let me ask the kids because the kids, like, we don't ask kids enough. We really don't. We, 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 and the kids are the ones suffering the most. They should have a say in where they live, and I feel like the book is doing that. At least. Uh, uh, giving them choice, a voice, and and giving them autonomy over, over their lives earlier than eighteen. Well, and what I hear is that you're that through the book and through the work that you're doing and the trainings that you're doing, you're actually cultivating inner strength, which is the topic of today's conversation in children at a young age. And most of us didn't have that training. We had to learn how to do it when we were older on our own. And if we experienced any sort of trauma when we were younger, that may not ever come online or it comes online much, much later. It depends on what resources and, and services that we've utilized. So I, I love that idea of cultivating inner strength in children in this way of, of allowing them to find their voice and understand that their voice matters. Exactly. I, I love that. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, your voice matters. They, and they, to honor that, whatever it is, you know, um, uh, like I, I, even in school, like it's so robotic, you know, and I, I, I say, um, schools need to be more proactive in in hearing the students versus the parents of the students. And I'm talking about students that are not safe at home. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of schools, they, they cater to the abusive parents, abusive step parents. You need to listen to your students. Your students, if they're acting out at school, if they have ADHD, if they are uh, uh, getting into fights, if there's bullying, in, bullying involved, well, 
trace it back to the home and listen to your students. They are speaking volumes and cater to the students, not the uh, uh, not the uh, abusive parents. And granted, there are parents that are doing doing it right that are also safe essentially but there's so many students suffering children that go go home to hell there are students that just go home to hell and then we expect them to be good students and be involved in all of these activities when home is hell and uh and and then they start cutting themselves they start getting involved with the wrong people wrong friendships uh drugs and alcohol bullying it's all related you know so as we say uh if we make home safe everything else will fall into place your schools will be safe your workplaces will be safe theaters will be safe public places will be safe i hope i make sense yeah absolutely Sabrina, what was the what was that 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 moment for you or that thing for you? Because as you're telling your story, right, like you you have lived right uh, what what these kids have lived, and 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 here you were like not getting the supports that you needed, not having that 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 safe place. What was it for you that has you been able so that you've been able to kind of like get to the other side of this. So now, now that you're, you're, you're really making an impact as a, as a profession, as a career choice, you've been able to find a space that you can give back. But th that journey from, from one side to the, is it one side to the other? Or like, what was that? What did you need to get to a place where you were able to now like use your experience as a, as a, as a career, as a, as a, as a, as a voice? How, how, tell us, tell us more. Uh, yes, thank you for that. Thank you for the positive feedback and, and the positive reinforcement, both of you. We really appreciate it. Um, therapy, uh, therapy. And, and, um, and I'm glad that you brought it up because I, I was very resistant towards therapy. And it wasn't until I went to college that I used the psychological services there. And uh, I... Uh, we say it also safe and we make this a part of residency actually therapists assigned to the property um and i i i feel that you know uh you can't be in this life without help some type of help yes you have friends if you have a good family uh, uh, makeup, your family will help you, your your friends will help you. But I think a therapist, a good therapist, and when I say a good therapist, one that is the right fit for you. You know, there's, there's many therapists out there and it, let it be okay if you have to try on a few uh, for size. Let it be okay. You may have to go through two, three, four, five therapists before you find the right fit. Let that be okay. Don't be discouraged like, oh, this is bull crap. You know, like this is, this is nonsense. Uh, I, I, I tried with this one. I tried with that one. It's not working. It just wasn't the right fit. So, um, I, I, through uh, psychological services, I couldn't use the excuse that um, I couldn't afford it because it was built into the tuition. Mm -hmm. So I, through the help of a friend, 
and she cried with me because I was very silent growing up. I you don't you wouldn't even know that I was in class. I was so quiet and I trusted one friend and she cried with me with everything that I was telling her what I was going through at home and she said Sabrina you need to see somebody. And she didn't say it in a way like where I needed to be ashamed. Not, not at all. She said, Sabrina, you need to talk to somebody. And I said to her, yeah, but how am I helping my parents who like my parents are the one that needs need help? Why should I go? And she said to me, you'll be helping your parents if you go. And that really resonated with me. So. I don't know how much time it took for me to walk down those stairs, go through the doors, make the appointment and see Dr. O'Connell. I still remember it to this day. And we're talking many, many years ago and, and all the noise, like I want to say to your listeners, your, your audience members, you're going to have a lot of noise. What, what if somebody sees me, this is stupid. What the hell am I doing this for? Uh, the money, like if, if money's a, a factor, uh, I can't afford it. Um, this is not going to help me. That's all noise. Let it be okay. Let it be okay and just go to the appointment. And I have to say a good test of a good therapist for you is if you leave that therapist a little less heavy, feeling a little less heavy because as a victim you have the world on your shoulders the world but if a good therapist and after I one session with Dr. O'Connell I felt a little less heavy bingo that's your therapist so I kept going and 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 then by the end of it because you know you you I think they give you six weeks or two months and they said you need to go to somebody regular regularly you know so that's what happened and to this day I see off and on the same therapist I did x number of years ago and so to answer your question to to get to the other side and it's always a work in progress. Like in my head, I thought, oh, I'll go a couple of sessions and then I'm cured. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. You're never going to be cured of that type of pain, you know, um, and it's okay. Let it be okay. Um, uh, the right therapist is, is instrumental in a, in a victim turning into a survivor it's instrumental. It's very important. So, um, and you know, you could go to a therapist, you could do group therapy, you could do, um, one-on-one, -on -one, you can, whatever it takes, let it be okay. And, uh, I have to say, um, uh, Eckhart Tolle, he's a, a spiritual, um, a spiritual healer. Uh, I forgot what he refers to himself, but I, I, I learned a lot from him. I, I learned a lot from him. And um, uh, so it, it's many things, you know, many things and just, and just allowing yourself to heal. And also I have to say children are a great teacher, whatever that is, your own children, uh, children in your life. Um, mm -hmm. 
uh, are are instrumental in healing, you know, because they bring you back to the present moment. And and I have children in my life that are suffering. So and they let me know, you, Sabrina, you're doing this right, but this, if you could do this, that would be better. That that would make us be better. Uh, uh, you would be helping us if you do it this way. So uh, I would say therapy in any capacity and children and just, um, yeah, like the Eckhart Tolle's of the world, mm -hmm. that helps out a lot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting because you were talking about that right fit, right? And whether it's, like you said, uh, individual one-on-one -on -one therapy, um, whether it's group therapy, um, depending on the issues that you're dealing with, sometimes coaches can help with some of these things as well. I will say that, you know, if, if we're dealing with deep trauma and deep mental health issues, definitely a therapist is the way to go in my opinion. Um, but the, um, that whoever you're speaking to, whoever your guide is to help you through that process, it is, it's also being seen and heard because very often, whatever the trauma, whether it's a big T or a little T trauma, we often don't feel seen or heard. And by not feeling seen or heard, and this is very much of right, that inner strength of working with, uh, in, in your case, working with children and with what Louise and I do as well, it's giving people a place where they feel seen and heard, where they have an opportunity to suddenly experience themselves in a new way for the first time that then in my, in, in what I've seen and what I've experienced personally, that's a place where that inner strength, you can pull on it. You can lift yourself up just a little bit more. As you said, you leave the office feeling a little bit lighter. Right. having that opportunity to step a little further into yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Because when you uh, live in that type of environment of constant trauma, terror, uh, fear, panic, worry, um, your life becomes stolen. So, um, and your childhood, you grow into an adult and, somebody put it very very well you spend your adulthood healing from your childhood you know so so and and that takes a lot of inner strength that takes a lot of work that takes a lot of um patience and uh awareness you know so so yeah i think we we the three of us we echo each other mm -hmm. Yeah, we carry this, this, uh, many of us carry this idea too, is that um, I'm, str I'm strong enough to handle this on my own, or that so many people have it so much worse than I do. And like, who am I to, to be able to complain or, or even seek help because it's not, it's not the size, we get into the size of the T, right? The size of the T in trauma. It's like, no, it's trauma is trauma. And if you are feeling unsafe in any way, like it, it doesn't matter what that environment is, it's unsafe for you, right? Um, right? We see this in the workplace all the time, work, workplace bullying, right? We, we think oh, we can handle it or uh, I can get through this or it's not as bad as, right, I imagine it to be. And it's like, no, it's like when you're feeling not safe, like that's that's your intuition, like kicking it up a notch and, and saying like, there's something not right here. 
and finding those trusted um, folks in your on your dream team that that wise counsel that can give you that different perspective it allows you to actually tap into your inner strength instead of just like dismissing what's going on uh, but we can get caught in this like my tea isn't as big as your tea so I'm not going to get help right yes it, it's uh, it's very important to especially in the workplace I feel like they don't do enough like at a university at college you know they don't prepare you for sexual harassment like what do you do if you get sexually harassed at least I mean I haven't been in school in a while so hopefully maybe now they do but to my understanding, what do you do? What what the hell do you do if you get if your boss or your coworker inappropriately touches you or says there's pornography on the screen and you're you're about to go into a meeting and it's like how do you handle that? You know, how how do you I wasn't hired to handle this, you know, or or what do you do in these situations, male or female? Um, uh, you're young, you know, you're coming out of school at 21 years old, 22 years old, and you're not prepared. And what do you do? Do you speak out? Do you shut up? Do you, uh, wow, I, I depend on this job. I need the money. It's not so bad because then you start to rationalize, right? Oh, it's not so bad. Um, like you said, uh, yeah. Louis, like, oh, um, well, he didn't touch me, so it's okay. Or uh, I could do it. And no, if your stomach is upside down and your heart is pounding, a bit, let alone a lot, or you feel creeped out or you, you feel unsafe in any capacity. It doesn't matter a little bit or a lot. It's like, oh, well, I was only raped once versus raped multiple times. Rape is rape. <laughs> trafficked is trafficked. Sexually mm -hmm. harassed is sexually harassed. All it takes is one time. Honor your feelings. Uh, call them out on it. Uh, have the confidence that I'll find another job or I'm going to sue their butts off. <laughs> I'm going to document. Uh, this is not right. That's it. Done. Period. Over and out. Uh, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm, I'm a person, not a, not eye candy, not, um, you know, uh, I'm not a commodity object or product. Uh, make it their problem. I'm here to work. I'm here to learn. Uh, if it's in the workplace, I'm here to work. If it's at school, I'm here to learn. Don't put up with that. Um, and, and it takes a lot of inner strength to stand your ground, but it's necessary. It's necessary. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we've, We've learned a lot over the last many, many years about the differences between rape macroaggressions and microaggressions and the overt um, uh, aggression that, that some of us have, have faced in the workplace, at home, in school, wherever it may be, and then how many, how so many more people are dealing with the microaggressions and, and how it wears you down little by little and finding that inner strength to stand up Sometimes it comes from somebody outside of yourself saying that's not okay. So whoever has the voice, whoever has the capacity to find their voice first needs to speak up. 
because I, I do agree with you. Like these things can't be silenced. We can't be okay with any level of aggression. And so understanding that and, and for those of us that, that see it happening or those of us that are experiencing it happening, finding the strength, finding the confidence, finding the courage, really, because what I hear here is a lot of courage to say, I'm not okay with that. The courage to say, I'm going to go talk to a therapist. The courage to walk down those stairs and have that first conversation. That, right? That to me is where this inner strength comes from, whether or not it's happening to you or you're aware that something is happening. Again, whether or not we're talking about aggression or in other spaces of our lives where we need to step into that and, and have that strength to move forward. That's right. what's coming up for me from this. Yeah. Right, right. Especially children, you know, and, and that's the other reason why I wrote the book. Um, they're all silenced, you know, mm -hmm. if 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 you're in an unsafe environment, I mean, like I said before, the laws, the courts, the judges, the child protective service agencies, and even to a certain degree, uh, schools, they fail children over and over again. But especially the laws, the courts, the judges and the child protective service agencies. Where do you turn? Where do you turn for these poor kids? Uh, so that's why I'm, I'm hoping and it looks like that's what the book is doing to give voice to kids to say, I'm not going home. I'm not going to go home. I'm going to stay at school. I'm saying my cheer. You take me where I'm safe. If there is such a person, you take me where I'm safe. Teacher, principal, superintendent, police. You take me where I'm safe to auntie, uncle, grandparent, close family friend. I'm not going home. Home is where I get verbally, physically, sexually abused. And, and kids know who make them feel safe. It, I mean, they know from infant, the formative years from zero to six years old, they know, you know, they know who makes them feel safe. And if there is such a person, get them there, get them there now, right now. Uh, because all of you failed us, you know, who is, is supposed to protect us, child protective services, you're supposed to protect us, but you're protecting the abusive parents, the abusive step parents. Uh-uh. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm empowering through the book, the kids, they have voice. They know who makes them feel safe. Done. Done. Let's get it resolved in residency. You won't need the courts, the lawyers, the judges, the child protective service agencies. And we do believe if we resolve it in residency, the laws will follow. Then the laws will change. Um, if enough kids speak out, and hold up their oh-so-safe sign and and say, I I'm not going home. I I'm going to say my cheer. I'm not going home. You take me where I'm safe. We, we believe that that's where it's got to go, that that's we're spearheading it through the book, through our oh-so-safe certifications. Uh, children need to be heard, and, and I'm glad you echo that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, this has been a fascinating conversation and one that is very near and dear to my heart, um, particularly in the area of law that I practiced for so long. Um, I would love to know what, uh, what our golden nuggets, what our takeaways are from this conversation. So this is our time to just kind of give our own little summary of what we're taking away and putting in our pocket. Louise, what are you taking away today? 
Yeah, it's a thread throughout our entire conversation, no matter if we're talking about kids or teens or adults or workplaces or home or schools. It's this understanding and this belief that you know, right? We know when things don't feel right. We know when things are crunchy. We know when things aren't safe. We know. And that comes from that, right? That inner strength that we all have. And we can shut it down so easily, but it's really about understanding that that feeling is telling us something, tapping in and believing and trusting in it, um, which is the key. And we've talked about that for the last 40 minutes and like all of our conversations. So that was just, you know, that that thread that I wanted to pull through and that I'm going to put in my pocket and, and take away. Right. You, you learn, you have to learn to trust that feeling. It's telling you something. Yeah. Yeah. Sabrina, what's your takeaway from our conversation? Uh, well, I just love that, uh, your, your, um, your positive feedback and just your, your positive responses just, um, give more, uh, it holds more weight, you know, uh, uh, which I, we really appreciate it because we're strangers, right? We've never met each other. We're yeah. completely, we, we've never had coffee or tea or, you know, so, um, so, uh, uh, so we appreciate that because it's just, it gives us, uh, more of a, a nod, like you like to just forge ahead, you know, forge ahead. And, and I, I just, I wanted to just say, um, I have here uh, a page in my book, you know who makes you feel safe and free and respected and good. You kids know. So I have it right in my book. Yeah. And, and it's just, uh, yeah, so I, I appreciate that. Um, sorry, go ahead, Kim. Oh, no, you're good. That's good. So, um, yeah, for me, the that thread is um, this idea of finding voice. And that if we have the courage, if we have the strength to use our voice, we can manifest ourselves into even deeper inner strength, right? Once we use our voice, whether it's with a therapist, with a friend, with some other trusted individual, with whatever that is that's coming up for us, wherever we're feeling challenged, by finding just the smallest bit of voice, the smallest way to vocalize it, we can grab even deeper inner strength to move forward. And that's a thread that I it kind of weaved through a little bit, but that voice part of it was what I'm kind of taking away from our conversation. Um, Sabrina, I know you shared your book um, and some of what you're doing. Um, where can people find you out in the world? Uh, the website is ososafe.com. And we're, we are on all of the major social media platforms, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and we also started kind of, uh, well, a YouTube channel. And it's on uh, YouTube and TikTok, Oso Safe Kids. If any any child of any age, and, and adults for that matter, but especially kids, uh, you they could YouTube Oso Safe Kids. And on TikTok, we're Sabrina Oso, I think the number six. But it's just, we talk about abuse. We talk about human trafficking. We talk about what constitutes safety. What does it mean to be in a good relationship if you're dating, if you're of dating age? Uh, what are the warning signs? And and just letting kids know that we're here. We hear them. We see them. Uh, and, and, and just that constant um, 
like we've been talking about the the honoring their voice uh, and 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 that they are they're okay that they're not doing it wrong that they're not crazy um, so yeah so the YouTube channel and the TikTok um, oh so safe kids perfect thank you so much and Louise do you remember what we have coming up next week no <laughs> oh we have Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> so Nikki Starcat Shields is going to be joining us and we're going to be talking about which direction do you go? So what do you do when you're at a crossroads, when you've come to that place um, in your life, in your work where you're like, ah, what do I do? Which, which direction do I go? So um, we're going to be talking to Nikki Starcat Shields about that on April 7th and we're so excited. Um, and again, Sabrina, thank you so much for bringing your wisdom and your heart and all of the amazing work that you're doing in the world to share with us today. Yeah. Thank you for taking a chance of uh, hanging out with two folks you never met before. It could have gone anyway. Um, and it was a fantastic conversation. And I'm so glad our listeners got to know a little bit more about you and about Oh So Safe. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. All right. Bye, everyone. And we'll be back next week for another kick-ass conversation. Take care. Take care. Bye for now.